Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365.
The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're proudly coming to you through the ever-expanding Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring the collective. All of my shamanic teachers, many from diverse cultures and practices, taught through stories and perceived information in metaphors. To a one, they were in touch with all of our relations. Rather than viewing life as a series of random, unrelated events, they saw a collective of interrelated, interactive frequencies. Every nuance of every tone was seen as an integral and necessary part of the song of life. They believe that every word, act, thought, or expression creates a unique chord, endlessly echoing backward and forward through the corridors of time. Like energy, these tones of data are neither created nor destroyed, but available at any time to those who know how to access them. Anything that's ever happened or will happen is present now. Every shamanic practice has some form designed to access these stores of knowledge, This stockpile of information is known by many different names, from the ancestors to the Akashic Records. My Choctaw teacher told me his people used to carry the bones of their ancestors with them when they moved from place to place. The practice honored those who had gone before and preserved the wisdom the old ones carried. We're just starting to recognize how DNA is a form of coded frequencies. Through expressing frequency code, our DNA dictates how our bodies grow and function. Shaman are frequency masters. There are many shamanic skills designed around reading and decoding the information stored in the DNA. Bones containing DNA of the ancestors also carry generational knowledge available to the trained shaman. Many shamanic practices work with the blood for the same reason. All information that has ever been or will be is held in frequency form at the quantum level. Another access point to these cords of knowledge is through nature. By focusing on the betwixt and between of the elements, a shaman can tap into the place where all life meets, the quantum field. Some meditate on the space between the candle and the flame, the stone and the water, the horizon and the ocean, and so on. Some meditate on mandalas, others sacred geometry, and some read the clouds. Many ancient texts and icons carry symbology designed to speak to the subconscious through the imagination. 
From stained glass to cathedral paintings, these images are designed to trigger us into the quantum field. As all life works together in perfect concert, natural events dovetail and can serve as an access point to this information, thus the practice of omenology. By studying and decoding omens, we can access Akashic or quantum-level data. There are no random coincidences or synchronicities. Everything carries the blueprint of the symphony of life and its place within it. We've forgotten this rich treasure trove of knowledge available to us all. We've left it in the hands of our mystics while we try to recreate the wheel through our mental machinations and scientific studies. Only the most recent studies or the latest greatest inventions are considered worthy of our regard. Our elders are viewed as obsolete and worthless. Ah, the arrogance of youth. Look around you. Where has it gotten us? Modern-day society is desperately in need of the wisdom of our ancestors and the vision of our descendants. It's beyond arrogant to think we can do anything constructive in a vacuum. We need the wisdom held in the collective. Wake up and look around. The environmental crises are eloquently reflecting our folly. Our guest this hour, Trinace Rose, is the author of the Akashic Alphabets. She was introduced into transcendental meditation at age 16 and has been active in yoga since. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Trinace, and together we'll explore the collective consciousness Akashic Records, and Symbolic Activators, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. 
If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Golda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Ternace Rose, author of The Akashic Alphabet. In addition to serving as a project facilitator for the Mindfulness Program at Scripps Center for the Integrative Medicine in La Jolla, her fields of study have indicated included the Tao, Qigong, Buddhism, Shamanism, Holistic and Naturopathic Medicine, Nutritional Healing, Animal and Marine Mammal Communication, Energetic Healing, the Monroe Institute Hemisync Method, and astral travel. Her website is akashicalphabet.com. Ternace, thank you so much for joining us on the Science of Magic. It's my pleasure, Gwilda. Thanks so much for having me. So let's just dig right in. What's the meaning of akasha? <laughs> well, um, it's an ancient Sanskrit word, and it means sky, space, or ether, where the collective subconscious mind resides. And within the akasha, uh, there lies an unparalleled collection of memories known uh, to mainstream as the Akashic Records, which are a, a virtual uh, library of mystical knowledge encoding information of all experience, including an imprint of every self and a history of the infinite stored from the origins of time. Uh, the wisdom from this uh, energetic heart whose fabric connects all humanity, life forms, and elements, is accessible to all of us with pure intention through meditation. Okay, so when did you first become aware of the Akashic Records? Well, I suppose it would be when my mother introduced me to Edgar Cayce's teachings when I was in my late teens. 
Edgar Casey was a, a prophet and a healer and a long distance healer, and he was said to have derived much of his information from the Akashic records. So, does it, you know, you, you, in my lead in, um, I said that it moves backwards and forwards through time. And you mentioned it being, you know, the historical knowledge and the recording of things that have passed. What about the future? Is time um, linear like we think, or is there information from the future in the Akashic Records as you understand it? Well, th- there are two answers to that. Um, one, The first answer is that if we're viewing this through a, a unilinear perspective, which is what humans do in this limited dimension that we're in, then it does, it does contain the future, but it's just not uh, really accessible to us unless we're really tuned in and tapped in uh, through different avenues. For example, some people have the gift of sight and intuition and, and are very psychic or clairvoyant and can tap into that. But to, but to uh, mainstay, the mainstream of people, they're not able to. On another level, though, really, time does not exist. Time is a mental construct. It's created by man. All events and happenings are actually simultaneous. So they're happening at once on a higher level of uh, uh, on a higher dimension, right? It's and I used the example of Siddhartha in the book Siddhartha. He was lying by a river bank and he was gazing out to the water as it flowed, trickled down through the valley, and he could see about a mile or two. And he decided to climb up to a higher ledge. And when he looked out from that ledge, he could see maybe 10 or 15 miles out into the distance. And then he decided to climb to the top of the bluff adjacent to the river. And when he reached the top, he looked out and he could see 100 miles or more out to the distant horizon. And so this is the way it is in dimensions. Uh, The higher the dimension, the more awareness. And so we are in a very limited dimension. So we, we just have certain perception at this point. But that doesn't mean that it isn't all connected on a, on a higher level of awareness. Got it. So when this, help me with this, because does that mean that our future is predestined or can we change things by, if we get the vision to decide we don't want to participate or we don't want our lives to go that particular way, can we choose to take another track? Is it uh, multidimensional in that way? Yes. And that's a wonderful question. And I, um, it does my feeling my belief is that it does not have to be one or the other um i believe that we have free will and that we can determine our fate uh through our projected intention throughout our, our entire lives we are the creators of our reality however that doesn't mean that on another higher level of awareness that it is already known, that it is already known what we're going to do and what's to take place. Well, if we choose to take a different track, how does that change the time-space continuum and the existence of others and other people's lives? Okay, so what is the, now what is the question? What? Well, the, the question is you, you're saying that we do have free will and we can, we can choose to take a different track. Okay, so um, if we do that, how does that change the time-space continuum and the existence of other people and our interaction? 
<laughs> well, it, it's very deep, but um, if if on a higher level of awareness it is already known that we're going to make the changes, then that imprint has already been set, you see. Even though in our minds we think we're changing, it was always uh, determined to be that way. It was, al- it was always known that it was predetermined to be that way. But we do, in our present state, have the free will to make change. I know it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit complex. Well, it sounds kind of contradictory. In one sense, we're, th- we're saying that we are the creators and we can change the future. And in the other sense, we're saying, but it's already predestined. What, which is it? I, I don't ex- understand. Well, what I'm saying is we have the ability to change our actions in the present moment, but it is already known on another level what those cha- how those changes will impact the future. You see, it's already it's already known on a higher level, because if everything is really happening simultaneously and not in a unilinear direction the way we view it, then it's it's really already set. You see, it's like it's like a series of juxtaposed lenses layering out you know thousands in, all at once. It's like looking in a camera lens and seeing slices of the earth. 10 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, a million years ago, if one is able to see all of that at once, then you see from that perspective, it's already known at that point in time. It's already known what the past holds. And so if we take a step further into the future, say we go a million years into the future, from that standpoint, it, there all of these lenses are already known. You see, the changes are already known, and so it is what it is. So where does that where, where does that put where does that put free will? I'm 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 struggling to understand here. So where does that put free will if our changes are already known, so they're already predestined, even though we're supposedly able to make them? Where, where's free will in that? There is free will in the present moment in our lives. Every moment of our life, we have free will to make decisions the way we want to. But they're predestined. But on a higher level of awareness, it is, uh, in the future, it is already known what we're going to do. Okay, so if, if it's already known what we're going to do, that, and, and we do that accordingly, how does that affect the free will of others? Well, it's every. We're all one. We're all interconnected. It's all a, an intricate, intricate pa- tapestry. So you know, we're all one. So if we're all one, there's no individuality. There's no individual free will. No, there is individual <laughs> free will. Um, each of us have have free will. But again, on an energetic level, um, for example, what you say is impacting me in this moment, and vice versa. So we're, we're, we're connecting energetically with each other through our words and our, our, our feelings. Well, if you take that out uh, to, to an exponential level to the entire population of the, of the planet and then apply that, you can see that, that everything really is connected and is impacting each other every second, including human beings, animals, water, sky, lands, universes, the whole thing. So the the time space goes beyond this planet, is that correct? Oh yes, 
It's infinite. And so Infin- that's infinite to us, infinite to us, we, yeah. we, as far as we can see at this point. It's, it's, it's difficult because it sounds contradictory on a certain level. But the point is, is that Siddhartha could only see two miles when he's lying on the floor. But if he goes to the top of the cliff, he can see 100 miles or more. So if you're looking at it from that heightened state of awareness, then one can understand how how one with a with a, a greater sense of awareness, more highly evolved awareness, would be able to see everything in a much different light. You see, it, it is difficult for us because we're limited here. So to if, understand if, and even comprehend it. So if this goes throughout, if this goes throughout existence, yes. we can change the destiny throughout all of existence by changing our intent, by changing our making different choices for ourselves. Well, how do I? Say? We can we can change. We can only change the present. We can only. Ch- I mean, that's not right. We can change our present actions and our behaviors, which then ultimately impact the future. But as I say, even though we are making up our mind to make a decision every every instant, we're making a choice of some kind. On another higher level, it is already known that we're going to do that because if time if time is happening all at once simultaneously, you see, and it, and 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 it, it could be viewed by one who is say in the eleventh dimension, then they would they would see like I described to you, you know, thousands of lenses all at once of what has happened and what is to happen, and so there would be a greater awareness of what's of what of what the future holds at that point you it's not so simple that you can just say you know a b c uh, it because you're looking at it from two completely different uh perspectives one in a one person is looking at it uh in a very limited dimension from from the bodies and the way we're living on this planet uh, during this moment in history and then if you take it to a higher level say, move it out a thousand years from now, then it's a completely different perspective of awareness. And they're not operating by the same rules that we are, you see. Um, no, but you know what? On the other side of a break, we're going to go into this a little bit further. It's okay. very fascinating okay. and hard to wrap the okay. head around. So, uh, yes, it is. Yes, absolutely it is. it is. Yeah, and and thanks for sticking with me on trying to figure this one out. I think we all are very curious how this works. Okay. <laughs> so Trinace and I will return to our discussion after this short break. We're coming to you through the land of Leading Edge Paranormal Broadcasting, the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to the Science of Magic, the scienceofmagic.net. I'm Golda Wiecka. We will be back, so don't you go away.
While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment, 
I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Ternace Rose, author of The Akashic Alphabet. Ternace, we were trying to wrap our head around some really complex, um, seemingly contradictory um, viewpoints of how the quantum field works versus how the uh, Akashic records work. And so if our actions are simultaneously through all dimensions, there's no divination of time. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. How does cause and effect work within that, and how can it be predestined? I'm, I'm still a little lost, so if you wouldn't mind helping. Okay, well, uh, uh, another uh, segment of this that we haven't discussed should be discussed now, I think. Um, Depending upon one's viewpoint and perspective regarding spirituality or religious study, uh, I myself uh, believe uh, that there are many universal truths that run inherent throughout many different uh, spiritual belief systems. One of the things that I believe strongly is that our lives are divinely orchestrated, okay, which means that we are acting with the assistance of a creator. And so when when our if our lives are divinely orchestrated, then that would also imply that there is intention. And in the same way that uh, human bodies are intentionally created to then go through an evolutionary journey and perhaps be reborn into many lifetimes the same can apply for divine orchestration of our life in this particular era right now. So if we're being, if, if everything is divinely orchestrated, you may have noticed in your life that there really are no coincidences when you start to see patterns of things or you look back in retrospect and say, oh my goodness, if, that, if I hadn't lost my job, then I, I never could have come to this place and had this kind of success. So, so, there is that element that also should be included in, in this discussion because I think it's really relevant. Okay, so so you're saying now, now we got a third element and my head's mm-hmm. really spinning. So mm-hmm. our um, our um, lives are predestined. Our lives are guided by a creator, and yet at the same time we're supposed to have free will. And at the same time, all time exists within the same period, but we have history and future. So I'm, yeah. I'm having trouble reconciling all this. 
I know, and it's because we're it's because we're limited in our awareness here. It's very difficult to comprehend. It's a deep subject that's been contemplated for centuries, as you know. But um, they really can all exist simultaneously. Um, we have free will. As you know, we can make any choice that we want to at any given moment. The, the choice to, to discern between things is ours to make. But that doesn't contradict the fact. It doesn't have to con- or conflict with the idea that, that on another level of awareness, it's already known what we're going to do. And that and even though we are not aware that we're being guided, although some of us may very well be aware that we're being guided and welcome the guidance and embrace it and ask for the assistance through our prayers and meditations at any point in time during the day or night, um, that also does not have to conflict with our will. We are gifted, I believe, with what is called divine will, which is our power of choice and our, our power to live and make decisions. Um, but again, on another level, uh, uh, it's already known what we're going to be doing, even though we don't have that awareness. So and it's if, almost like you just have to trust in that in, in that logic. It's a it's a, it's a theory, you know. It's a belief. It's a philosophy. So if if we are indeed limited, which I know we are, and I've certainly noticed throughout my lifetime that my understanding um, has evolved. And my uh, awareness of how life works has evolved, and therefore my perspective and my reality has evolved. But how can we be sure that what we're perceiving is actual fact? I mean, how you know, we're, you and I are having this wonderful philosophical discussion. How can you be mm-hmm. sure what you're saying is real? Well, again, now this is a—it's a very personal thing, very personal. And for and what is true for one person does not necessarily have to be true for another because our lives are projections of our reality and the way we believe and the way we think. So each of us is an individual spirit, has, in my belief, been, has lived many lifetimes and evolved through many different kinds of journeys. And this is why it's, it, it is uh, suggested that we try not, not to judge other people by ourselves because everyone is so different and has been through an exclusive, unique set of circumstances for their own journey. And because of this, everyone has their own thought process, their own belief system. Religion is a very personal thing. Spirituality is very, very personal. And it's almost something that one has to come to on their own path of development and, and in their own awareness, in their own time. So, because we're all evolving at different rates, different paces. You know, we're all on different journeys. We're not all in this at the same second, the same time. You know, many of us may have, may have uh, had uh, limit, uh, uh, maybe just several lifetimes before, and other of us have maybe lived many, many, many lifetimes in our old, what are called older souls. But... Um, it really, we don't necessarily have to just take what we, you and I are discussing right now as a blanket statement that it's true for everyone. I, I really believe that everyone has their own truth. So how do you access this information from the Akashic Records, and how are you sure that that's what you've got? Well, I 
had an, uh, an accident. A chiropractor injured my back accidentally uh, in 2004, and I was on my back for several years, pretty much most of the time, either on the floor or on the bed. And so as a result, there wasn't a lot I could do except read or write. And it was during that time frame that I really began doing probably the most intensive research of my life on different spiritual belief systems and exploring different cultures and different avenues of achieving a higher state of awareness. And I happened to go to a breathwork session one weekend, and I really had not researched it. I typically do in advance, but I hadn't done a lot of research on this, so I really wasn't quite sure what to expect with it. And in going through this experience, I started to, uh, I won't go into the details, but I uh, there was a, a, a time during the breath work that I started experiencing a state of almost panic feeling. I was I was panicked a little bit because of the breathing. It was almost like hyperventilating, and I was starting to experience a, a little bit of anxiety that way. And so I did what came most naturally, and I started just invoking uh, angels and God to just assist me and be with me and protect me. And I so I started just involuntarily saying a short mantra, I am one with God, I'm one with God, I'm one with God. And I I must have said it probably over a hundred times in the space of a few minutes. And it was at that point that I actually started having an out-of-body experience. And we we don't need to go into all the details, but just suffice it to say that there, there is a thing called a satori, uh, S-A-T-O-R-I, and it's when one meets one's true self. Uh, and there are three states. The first state is you go into a dreamlike state, and then you go into the second state is a period of utter silence and bliss. And the third state is actually joining with the collective consciousness, with the oneness of all that is. And this is what I experienced, Uh, and it was profound. Uh, I felt as though, finally, at one point I just realized I was no longer contained in my physical body, and I felt as though there were thousands of tiny parts of me that were everywhere at one time. And it's very hard to describe this in words, Um, but it was during that time it was like going into a, a, a world of static white light, not, not threatening in any way, very beautiful, very peaceful. And I stayed in that state for probably just a few minutes. And when I came out, my body felt as though I weighed about 500 pounds or more, and I tried to lift my arm and I couldn't lift it. it I just felt this enormous feeling of heavy density, like the gravity was just um, uh, keeping me down and I couldn't I could barely move it took me about a half hour until I could regain my sense of ambulating and I got up and I slowly walked around but that was a turning point for me because it's, it sounds I just realized, about like a near death yeah yes yes and ironically um I read Dr. Raymond Moody's book many many years ago when it first released at life after life the near death experience uh, is is very similar to the to the uh, to the uh, out, out out of body experience, you know. And very, what very what similar. tradition does this come from? 
I don't think it necessarily has to have a tradition. It, what I've noted, and in my book, this is what my book is about, is that all are one. There are many parallels that run throughout various uh, belief systems. For example, shamanism and ancient Qigong, very similar tenets, very similar. Um, and, and this is true in many beliefs. Uh, but, but there are many, including uh, Hinduism, self-realization fellowship um, well really let's see I'm, I can list many but where they believe that um, that we are really a spirit and, and not just a physical body as you know the shamans believe that you know we have a light body and etheric body and all of all of this so, so if, if if you know let's let's bring this back down to nuts and bolts how is this useful for the average human being well, you know what's practical about this for us What's practical is that meditation is a wondrous tool that can assist us in knowing our truth and knowing where to go and bringing about a calm and centeredness to our lives when we're in the midst of enormous upheaval from the outside world all around us and the enormity of stress that's that comes at us on a daily basis. And by going into meditation, you can receive answers from the collective that help guide you. It's very grounding and it's very healing. It, it's when spontaneous remissions of illness can occur, all kinds of things. It's, it's quite an amazing tool. Well, we're about to take another break, but on the other side of it, I would really like to get into the, the physiology of meditation, why it works, what forms it comes in, and what traditions it comes from. So Trinace and I will be back shortly. You're listening to The Science of Magic, the scienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're brought to you by the leader in paranormal spirituality and alternative health programming, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Don't you leave me. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling... 
213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. Our guest this hour is Trinace Rose, author of The Akashic Alphabet. Trinace, before we went into the break, we were talking about meditation and how you can access um, the Akashic records through it. Uh, what's, the, what's the anatomy of meditation, and, and how does it help you get to the Akashic records, and how do you translate the information once you're there? Well, it really is such a simple process. What it requires is that one, I assume you're asking me, the method to get into deep meditation. Is that right? Well, I think actually more what I'm asking is why does it work? Where are we actually going in deep meditation? How does the information come through and how do we translate it? Okay. When we go into deep meditation, we are freeing our mind from all outside influence and we're allowing our mind to become like a clear, a clear, I'm not sure what the word is, like a clear lens of awareness to view things. And almost like a, maybe a piece of glass that can reflect information, words, or thoughts that come into us, that flow into our minds while we're in that state. So it's a mental exercise. Yes, and, and considered spiritual exercise because what we're tapping into is the oneness, is the collective oneness of, of everything of, and of a higher realm as well. We're going into a, a higher realm, a more tra- a transcendent realm where, where it is, uh, that realm does not have the limitations of dimension the way we do. It's timeless. Well, our it's minds tend to and it's unbounded. Our, our yeah. minds tend to be fairly linear, and I think yes. part of the problem yes. we've been demonstrating throughout this yes. uh, interview is our minds have yes. trouble encompassing unity, the quantum field, all that is in Akashika. So that yes. being the case, how can the mind be a accurate translation point, and how do you tell what information you're getting? Well, the difference between projection, which is uh, a thought that we that we ourselves create that that we could maybe imagine or project as opposed to what is real and authentic and true is that when you receive say for instance one sentence of information if that information deviates or changes or you you begin to have feelings of doubt like well maybe this maybe that and it could be it could be. If you feel that kind of vacillation with this information, then it is not real. If, however, it remains constant, that bit of information, and it remains like a silent, small, steady voice, and it's consistent with you, then you know that that is the truth. And that's from my perspective. Okay, that, That's from my experience, my own perspective. That's how so- I would describe it. So within consistency, where is the room for evolution of consciousness? Could you define that question a little more for me? Well, you're talking about the information staying constant, 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 constant. If it's constant, how does it evolve? How do we raise our consciousness if it stays constant? 
Well, no. What I mean is, um, if the bit of information comes in and says, uh, you should take this job or uh, spend more time with your family or whatever that is, that, that's what I'm talking about. Information that leads you or guides you to take the next step or answers a question that's been plaguing you for maybe many weeks or months. That, that, that's the information you receive. Now, one can also receive prophetic information, meaning uh, you can receive visions or you can hear auditory things or you can receive words in your mind, knowledge, about what is, to, uh, what is about to occur. It depends on the person. It's so individual. It's so individual. But um, it, you, you take that information and then you utilize it in your own life. And so when you're asking me about evolution, uh, we're all, like I mentioned, we're all evolving at our own pace. It's not, it's not something that can be done in big, giant steps. We're, we're slowly evolving through, through myriads of circumstances. And it's the choices we make and the decisions we make that determine how our lives unfold. Because so how do you... we are, yeah, we, our lives are what we make them, literally. So how do you reconcile um, the message coming through your mind of you should do this or you should do that with free will? They, they seem diametrically opposed to me. Well, because when you go into meditation, you go in with a completely open mind and ask to receive what you're meant to receive, and then you utilize that information. And you can choose to use it or not use it. it doesn't, it's not an order. It's not an order. It's just information that comes into you. You're free to do with it what you wish. You, just, you said something interesting earlier I'd like to play with. You said that if it's your imagination, it's not true. Um, we're just imagining something versus something coming in on the mental. Is that accurate or am I misspeaking you? Well, when I say that, what I mean is you asked me how do we discern between the difference of what is true and authentic and what is unreal or, or imaginary or whatever. So I was trying to give you an example of how you can discern the difference between what is really authentic and, and, and what is just a mere projection of your mind. Yeah, you know what's interesting here is um, yeah. while meditation is a mental exercise, we've, we've deci decided that, did you know that shamanic information does not come through the mind? It's translated by the mind, but it actually comes through the imagination. So if we invalidate the imagination, we're also invalidating another access point to the Akashic Records. Would you mind speaking to this? Yes, no, not at all. It does not have to contradict that. The imagination what shamans call imagination is not really uh, a pure projection of our mind. It is actually that we are journeying into another form of reality to receive information that is valid and is authentic. So, what they're calling imagination really is a dream state of authenticity. What I'm, when I say the word imagination, I am talking about projecting things, uh, uh, creating things that are not necessarily true the way our mind does. We have what are called monkey minds, so our minds can fabricate any information at any moment at any time of the day. It doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that it's true or valid. 
But our guest, our guest this hour, in discerning. Yes. Our guest this hour. Our guest is ours, Ternace Rose, author of the Akashic Alphabet. Her website, akashicalphabet.com. Ternace, this is this is really fascinating, and, and it's like, would you mind telling me the difference between what our monkey mind or our projections? How can we tell the difference? Um, how how do you get to the point that you can tell the difference? What's coming through shamanically through a dream state imagination, or what's coming through monkey mind in the mind? Well, you see, this is the key, is to learn to become discerning. And one can learn to become discerning, like I said, when you get information that remains constant with you, that stays true and steady like a small voice, okay, that keeps repeating the same thing. This is the authentic. Um, If, however, you are experiencing thoughts that are more random, that are conflicted, that have that that create doubt in you you're not sure which way then most likely that is not the authentic that is not the true because the true will always be consistent and constant but it's a very quiet voice that comes into you so it's not a loud glaring thing it's it's more of a very subtle still quiet constant voice and this is what we need to learn to listen to so are you saying that there is one truth rather than evolving truth or rather than a different truth for each of us at any given time? I would say again that there are universal truths that run parallel in many beliefs, that truth is not limited. What, what may be true for one person may not be true for another. So it is really an individual kind of a life that we're living we're living um our own unique soul is experiencing our own unique path and 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 so what in other words you have a truth and i have a truth there are many universal collective truths too but there can also be personal truths and so do these all fit together somehow at some point oh yes (laughs) i believe so I believe everything is interconnected like we discussed earlier. So in that out-of-body experience you had, that's where you felt so scattered, but you were actually connecting with the interconnectedness of life? Is that the way you translated that? Well, I I don't like to use the word scattered there because it it wasn't that I felt scattered, but... You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shanice. Time flies and we're out of it. It's been a pleasure playing with uh, this information. Very stimulating. Thank you for being on the show. Our guest this hour has been Trinace Rose, author of Akashic Alphabet. Her website, akashicalphabet.com. This has been The Science of Magic. You can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you explore your personal collective. Show.